Welcome to IBBA Insights, providing expert advice on buying or selling small businesses. IBBA Insights is presented by the International Business Brokers Association, the world's largest nonprofit organization for those helping others sell or buy businesses. Now, here's your host, Crest Diglio. Hello, and welcome to another edition of IBBA Insights. I'm your host, Chris Diglio, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Neil Isaacs, a podcast uh, contributor, a strong supporter of uh, IBBA, been a member for a while, and uh, just an all-around great guy. Neil, um, thank you for joining me today on, on the show. Glad to be here, Chris. Excited about our, our conversations today. Yeah, today, Neil, you know, we decided uh, on, a, on a topic that I think touches quite a, quite a number of people. You know, in around the country, at least in the United States, you have a lot of people that live in states that are called licensing states, which means you have to have a real estate license in order to become a business broker or even states that aren't licensing states. You have people that sell someone's house and all of a sudden they say, well, I have a business. And the person says, well, you know, I, I sell a house. I can sell a business. Why not? And people go and try to make that transition from real estate agent to business broker. Uh, kind of like you and I made transition from business owner to business broker. And so, you know, you had a great idea. And when we were talking back and forth, that this would be a good topic to talk about. So I hope hope you're as excited about it as I am. Yeah, well, it's it's the same thing, right? Selling houses, selling businesses, it's the same thing, right? Uh, well, you know, we're going to ask our guest today. So, and, and, and we'll find out if it's the same thing because it's easy. You know, think about it. When how many business owners did you ever talk to that said, "Oh, I'm paying too much for this commission. I can't believe you guys charge as much." Then they become a business broker, and then they go through their first deal, and all of a sudden they go, "Wow, if I would have known you did all this amount of work, I, I, I now I don't think you charge enough money." It's funny how that happens. I've heard that. Have you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Until until they hire you and get into it, they they have no idea, but usually they'll have a great appreciation once you get to the other side. So let's jump into our guest I'd love to introduce today. It's George Von Greif. He's the founder of Abelaris. Um, been involved in real estate for 18 years with over a thousand transactions. He joined the IBBA within the last year and then the BBS in Florida, uh, decided he was going to get into business brokerage. He previously worked both domestically and internationally at Fortune 500 companies in sectors ranging from banking, management consulting, to the entertainment and consumer products industries. He's skilled in business planning, financial modeling, and strategy planning. He has an MBA from Northwestern University, Kellogg School of Management. So, George, welcome to IBBA Insights. Thank you so much, Chris. Very happy to be here. So, Neil and I are excited to have you on the call today. So, you're getting... Uh, a dose of both of us. So, you know, at times maybe we will try not to talk over one another, but well, you know, we, we just want to have a conversation with you because there are a lot of people out there that are sitting in the same seat that you're in doing real estate. You know, you have a successful company, you've been involved in over a thousand transactions. And then all of a sudden you decide, you know what, there's this business brokerage thing. So how did you even decide or think about getting involved in the sale of businesses? Well, I think part of it was based on uh, the experiences we were having with some commercial transactions, which uh, the real estate side 
in many instances involves the sale of a business. Um, and, you know, after thinking about it, I said, well, there's two reasons why I decided to go into business broker. From a business perspective, I said, well, this is an additional suite of services that we can provide to our clients. Uh, you know, the commercial listings, they will need to sell their business, but once sold, uh, some of the owners might need to sell their property as well. So uh, we can complement the business brokerage side with the, the existing real estate brokerage that we have. So one of our realtors will be able to assist the, the sellers of businesses with their properties. And also buyers of businesses, you know, uh, especially if there's not a lease assignment, might need to per might need to purchase a real estate or uh, might need help with the negotiation of a lease. Well, again, that's where one of our realtors might be able to assist them. Uh, or, you know, in so many instances, you might have uh, uh, buyers of business, especially here in Florida. In many instances, are people who are moving from other parts of the country, and in many instances, internationally. So they might also need the help of uh, one of our realtors in the sale of their business. So from a business perspective, I think it would be a great complement uh, to, uh, to our, our existing real estate business. Then uh, from a personal perspective, I mean, this is definitely a new challenge. It's something that, that really excites me. Uh, my past was, as you mentioned, in the in the corporate world, I had the opportunity of launching new business ventures, like you know, for example, with City, uh, we launched the auto lending business, brand new in in in, in the country of Mexico. We also set up uh, small business banking. Uh, 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 as you also mentioned, I worked internationally in management consulting. So. Uh, Going into business brokerage, I can go back to to that part of my life, uh, which was dedicated to, you know, analyzing businesses, going into, you know, marketing, the the the, the financials, and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you know, on the other hand, I believe there's a lot of future potential growth, especially in my case in the, in the international arena. Uh, you know, not only helping buyers who come to the United States uh, and many instances as part of the process of, of getting a visa, they need to purchase a business. But, you know, my dream in the long term is uh, figure out if it's possible to sell businesses in other countries. You know, maybe uh, there might be an island in the Caribbean where, uh, you know, uh, has a scuba diving business is the largest in the island and there might be an American living in Minnesota who's retiring and who might want to buy that. So uh, so that's again a dream in the in the longer term. In in the short term is obviously getting established in the uh, business brokerage world. George, you have a lot of people that are listening that may be sitting in the same you know, position that you're in. And so now, so you were established and clearly you got into this because there was opportunity or perceived opportunity or missed opportunity. And, and so you want to capitalize on that. So one of the, one of the first things you did was join the IBBA and a local organization in Florida, the BBF. Why, if you already had the opportunities, why were you seeking out organizations like this? 
Well, um, because when I started real estate, I made a lot of mistakes. And I would say the biggest mistake I made is thinking that I already knew and I could figure everything out by myself. Uh, and, you know, it was because of those costly mistakes that I realized that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. There was, there's been thousands of people working for over many, many years, in this case, in the real estate industry, figuring out what's the best way of approaching something. So I, I learned my lesson the hard way. So when I decided to go into a new industry, as I said before, I start, you know, doing anything, you know, let me get educated. So that's why I joined uh, the IBBA first and uh, uh, to become a member of the BBF, there's sev several courses that you need to pass in the, in the IBBA and then I did that and I joined the BBF, but I, then I found that that wasn't enough. I, um, I mean, I know I could have figured it out, but it would take me maybe five times as long to learn about the business and that's how I started talking to people on the IBBA and they recommended a really great mentor and that's what I've been working with. Well, before we go there, um, let's talk about the biggest benefits so far you've had from joining the, the professional organizations that you join. What, what have you gotten out of it? I mean, has it met your expectations? Has, has it helped you? Oh, it has definitely exceeded expectations. Um, I'm a big believer is I, I don't want to do something in a, in an amateurish way. I really want to understand what I'm doing and the education provided by the IBBA has, has been invaluable. I mean, without it, there's no way I could have closed, you know, my first transaction as quickly and, uh, you know, figuring out exactly what I need to do and what are the steps that I need to take in order to be successful. You know, Neil, when you got into business brokerage, you came from a little bit of a different path. But what I want to talk to you about and, and George about also, but Neil, specifically, when you got into business brokerage, did you have a mentor or, or did you have to kind of figure things out on your own? You know, I, I did and I didn't. When I got into business brokerage, I did not come in through the real estate side the way that George did. I, I came in just from selling my own business, meeting a business broker, and I interviewed a ton of other business brokers in franchises and independent business brokers. And I was kind of kind of picking what I liked and, and didn't like. I was listening for the, the pain points in, in everyone that I interviewed. And but I did see that value of mentorship to George's point. You know, you have to make a lot of mistakes in real estate or in business brokerage to figure out what you're doing. And I wanted to to learn from other people's mistakes. So I was I was definitely searching for a, a mentor and and taking as much education and knowledge and experience from experienced business brokers as I could. And and guys, I I was blessed. I had a built-in mentor because when I joined, it was my father, and and I'm biased. So I think my father was the greatest business broker that's ever done business brokerage. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I owe him so much. And one of the biggest things I owe him was that he, he'd smack me in the back of the head. Not literally. Okay, we're Italian. Maybe he did smack me in the back of the head. But he'd be like, 
you got to join the IBBA. You got to take these educational courses and you can't just join. You got to get involved and you got to get. So I had a, I had a mentor, whether I wanted one or not, but I look back and I'm like, wow. So George, you made a decision that almost would blow most people's minds. You sought out a mentor in um, business brokerage. And not only that, I mean, one, congratulations. You had your first closing um, and a couple of months into the business. And, but, you know, you worked with a mentor. And as you mentioned to me that, you know, there were sharing of fees and, and there were costs associated with you in doing that. So I would ask you to make a decision, someone that's been a mentor in the real estate business to many real estate agents to get into business brokerage, to take on an additional expense, or some might say, give away part of your fees. Why, why would you decide to do something like that? And, and did you find it, you know, looking back now, was it, you know, you had your first closing, was it beneficial to you? Oh, absolutely. And I don't see it as, as giving away a fee. It's really an investment for the long term. It's like, you know, whenever you're going to launch a new business, the first, the first year, a couple of years, it's going to be investing, you know, from investing initially in your education, then uh, investing in marketing and, and creating your pipeline. And then eventually you're going to, to uh, 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 you know, saw the fruits of, of your labor in a way. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the payment that you give to your mentor from, you know, <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you want something good, it's not going to be cheap. And and uh, basically, getting a good mentor, I would say that's important. Don't go with the cheapest mentor. Don't go with the cheapest system. Go with somebody who's knowledgeable. I personally, what I did is I talked to several people uh, uh, within the IBBA uh, and, and, and people who are leaders within the IBBA and that's why I was able to identify uh, a mentor and then when I found that mentor I did talk to him and, and we came to an agreement in you know because this person obviously is successful so he's not a person that has a lot of free time uh, so you also have to come to an agreement in when are the times that are good for, for him and you. And, and yeah, I think we came to a, to a great agreement, which can, which part are fees that you pay and part are also, uh, you might negotiate that a portion of the, uh, closings that you have might go to the mentor because there's invaluable amount of knowledge that you're going to, to, to earn. So, I mean, I, and in any type of business relationships, you always have to, to think win-win. George, I think... Neil, I know you might have before, had... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to just say, I know you got some questions. I do. Well, I want to... I want George, just his attitude is, is obviously a big part of his success. I mean, you are approaching this as a new investment opportunity for you. You're going to invest in yourself with education and with partnering with a mentor, and you understand that it's worth sharing some of the proceeds. It is an investment. And, um, you know, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't point out, we're talking about the value of the IBBA that I, I serve on, in addition to this podcast committee, I, stir, I serve on the Steps to Success Committee. And we've actually got some content on the IBBA's website. If you look at the Become a 
business broker tab for the value of a mentorship in business brokerage. And another topic we were talking about, comparing business brokerage and real estate. And we talk a lot about that. You can download those from the website and watch the videos, but we talk a lot about people coming out of the, the real estate world and going into the business brokerage world and, and how it can be kind of a different animal altogether. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, George, about your perceptions now that you're dealing with maybe a, a principle of a business versus, you know, the principle of a, of a real estate transaction, how you you're noticing that those interactions or those relationships are different. Can you oh, absolutely. About that? Yes, 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 sure. Uh, first of all, I don't think that every person who's in real estate is going to be successful in business brokerage. It's a completely different animal in, 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 in many ways. And there has to be a personal drive, interest, and skill involved, I think, in order to be successful. Uh, you know, a, a couple of, of examples, you know, from uh, uh, closings, you know, if you look at, at real estate closings, they can go, a transaction nowadays especially uh, uh, can close in about two weeks if you have a cash deal. Uh, yeah. uh, but, you know, if you look at residential, I will tell you 90 5% of the transactions close between two weeks and 45 days. Uh, commercial, it's different. I mean, especially, again, if it's cash, it could be quick. But if there's financing and permitting involved, then it can be longer. But anyway, overall, real estate are, it is much, much quicker once you have a transaction. The other thing is uh, a business brokerage is way more complex. So there needs to be a genuine interest in diving into uh, financial analysis and understanding the ins and outs of a business and, and having that interest. I mean, and, I, and, and that's something that I actually love. I, I, I always love to talk about people about what they do and, 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 and what are the key success factors of their business. I mean, how do you do marketing? How do you hire people? And you know, so all those things, I mean, all that personal interest becomes useful. Plus, obviously, with, you know, having studied, getting my MBA, uh, uh, those are all the, the, the toolkit that you get that can make you successful in, in, uh, in business brokerage. Uh, the one thing that was surprising to me is, is um, I mean, one thing that doesn't change <laughs> between real estate and and business brokerage is, you know, the, the logic overall is there. You get a listing. I mean, you get it under contract, and then you have a closing. Uh, the emotional aspect also uh, is something that I, I I found surprising. I mean, at the end of the day, you're not dealing with big corporations and, you know, uh, sure. non-investors. You're dealing with business owners. So uh, well, that's, that's where I want to go, George. I, yeah, I want to hear more that, about that. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's something that translates pretty well from real estate. The experience uh, uh, I've had with real estate in into business brokerage. I mean, without that, managing that emotional component would definitely have been harder. But even then, even then, a mentor is invaluable because you know I, I've been doing real estate for 18 years, and there's almost I mean I probably. And, and, and as business brokerage, I mean, every day you learn something new, but 
pretty much there's certain ways of managing an issue, a problem efficiently. Uh, but where a mentor has been invaluable is I've, I've been in situations, especially in this first closing, where I say, hmm, let me call my mentor and ask him, hey, how do you manage this? And the recommendations I've gotten were invaluable. I mean, if, if you know, from managing the expectations, again, very important, of the buyer, and, uh, uh, and then how to approach or, or how to address certain issues with the, with the seller and with the other side. So all those things and, and all the advice I've gotten probably have made, one, this transaction feasible, and two, much more efficient. Yeah. Well, you, sure. on the, the, I'll go ahead, Neil. I, I want to I go into one thing that George said about the emotions, because I find that fascinating. You know, maybe you sell someone's home and maybe they grew up there and they're very fond of their home, but ultimately the, the emotional attachment, or maybe someone's buying a home and it's a pretty home and they want to pay more because they're emotionally attached. But George, when you sell someone's business and they've literally built that business and they hired those employees, do you find that the emotional aspect is different when selling a business as far as the owner's attachment to the to the asset that they're letting go of? I, I would tend to think so, yes. I think it's probably stronger. Uh, you know, and again, it, it depends on the person. But overall, if we want to generalize, yes. Probably somebody who has built their business with, you know, and is retiring after 30 years uh, uh, and, you know, has almost seen, has a personal relationship with their employees, that's a really tough one. And even from a buyer's perspective, on the real estate side, when people buy a house, usually they're very happy. It's a, it's a, it's a happy transaction. Sometimes when they're buying a business, there might be a lot of hesitation and, 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 and you know, saying, well, am I doing the right thing? And let's look at the financials. And, well, it looks like mm -hmm. this wasn't the way it was presented to me. And make sure that, they, that they, they're still committed, you know, as long as the transaction makes sense to closing that transaction. George, in business, in business brokerage, we deal with business owners. And a lot of times, you know, it's their business. So oh, they think it's worth so much more than the same, a similar type business. In houses, do you get that? Do you get the buyer that says, well, I know that it's a four bedroom, three and a half bath, and, you know, 2,800 square foot house in the neighborhood, but my house is much nicer than that house. So it should, it should be worth more money. Do, do you see a similarity there or? Yes, yes, yes. But I would say, uh, as Neil says, I probably in business brokerage is more pronounced, you know, and, and typically the, the owner, the seller of a house, yeah, where their kids grew up for the last 15 years. And also they have the upgrades that they like. So from their perspective, the beautiful, whatever, fish head collection that they have embedded in the, in the living room <laughs> is something invaluable. While for most people, they might say, oh my gosh. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, Typically, when you own something, you will put much more value to it, uh, and, and you might be biased just because, from your perspective, having that fishhead collection or whatever you know, the, the travertine in the in, uh, in the pool area uh, might be something that you think is the best. Well, maybe yeah, it was maybe ten years ago, but right now everything changed, and the new buyers are looking for something different. So yes, we do get that. Um, this market is a seller's market right now, the one we're in at this stage. So 
typically, in many instances, a lot of the seller's expectations are surpassed in terms of, I mean, it's, it's, it's been just nuts the last, I would say, year, year and a half. Uh, but in a George, regular I, w- market, I want to touch on, go ahead, in a regular market. Yeah, in a regular market, we have the issue that sellers will always think what they have is much better than uh, what their neighbors have. And that's, for example, in the case of real estate, we always have a stager who we hire, who's like a third party uh, person who will tell them, no, I mean, get rid of that, you know, puppet collection or fish head collection or, you know, the, the, the pink paint that you put in the kitchen, that's not going to be appealing to other people. So that's something you need to change if you want to resell this, this property, for example. Uh, but yeah, I mean, people tend to think that the house is always worth more than what it really is. I want, I want to talk about some of the bigger differences between business brokerage and and real estate brokerage that you came into. And one of the things, you know, there are a lot more houses than there are businesses. It's always going to be that way. There are a lot more buyers for houses than there are buyers for businesses. But, you know, in, in, in real estate, when you list a house for sale, typically you're not going to be the one that brings the buyer to the table. In business brokerage, you list a business. They, you have a very good chance of also wind up bringing the buyer to the table. And I know, I mean, has that, I know when talking with you, you said that was one of the, the, the things you kind of had to get used to, but, you know, talk about that a little bit or some of the other big differences that, or surprises you might have run into in the transition. So let's see. Uh, on, on the real estate side, for many, I mean, to be a successful realtor, you're going to be getting your clients from your immediate group of friends and acquaintances. That is, for I would say most of them, the most important source because there's everybody, literally everybody needs to buy or sell a house. Uh, uh, in, 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 in terms of business brokerage, a lot of the, the, the clients, yeah, some of them might come from the people that, that you know, but as you point out, there's much fewer businesses than than homes you know it's probably uh, i would tend to think maybe if you look at the number of realtors versus business brokers it's about a thousand so 0.1 uh uh you have a 0.1 percent number of business brokers when compared with realtors if, if, if i'm not mistaken uh so i would say in the term in, in terms of business brokerage you also will need to get a lot of people that are not in your immediate or, or clients that are not in your immediate uh, uh, sphere. So marketing, I would say, is, is very important. Then going, going back to the financial model uh, with business brokerage, one is you need to be prepared that the transactions take longer. So it's a, it's a longer term investment. Uh, um, two, there's also the potential of making more money. And I know we're not allowed to talk about commissions, uh, but you know, typically because of the amount of work, time and effort, typically the average commission in business brokerage is much higher than that in real estate. And uh, as you pointed out, in many instances, you make quote unquote, both sides of the commission, both the seller and the buyer side. While in real estate, maybe you sell maybe, I don't know, 20% of uh, your own listings and business brokerage is probably 70 or 80%. 
So also the profitability is much higher and for the same amount of transaction, you end up making more money. Neil, we're running close to the end of the time that we have. So I want to turn it over to you for any final questions you might have for George. And then I've got a final thought or two uh, before we before we end this episode. Well, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and I appreciate this conversation. And George, I'm, I'm uh, interested in your thoughts of um, successful career in real estate. You're adding business acreage to portfolio of services here. And you're doing it at, at a time when we have got some crazy market trends. You know, the cost of labor is going through the roof. The cost of goods is going through the roof people can't find people to work. I mean, what do you think about entering and starting to do business deals in such a crazy time in our economic history? Uh, what are your thoughts about the opportunities in a market like this? Well, I, I think the market is always going to be there. Uh, the type of businesses that sell might change over time. Uh, my experience in real estate, you know, I've been doing this 18 years, so I was in the crisis, the real estate crisis of 06, 07, 08, when basically uh, the, 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 there were no buyers, prices went down. Uh, so you adapt. So going back to this, this is a commitment that if you do it, it's not like an opportunity that you're going to take advantage of for one or two years. If you're going to do that, it's a substantial commitment of time and money. And uh, while it's very important to plan and have a good strategy moving forward, um, one of the things I learned is uh, I'm guilty or was guilty of analysis paralysis uh, in which I try to overanalyze things. But, but what I've learned being in business is you just have to, you know, do something that's good. The perfect is the enemy of the good, as they say. Uh, and, and, and get into it and see what opportunities open up. And if you see certain industries are not selling, well, then let's sell other industries. If people in the U.S., for example, which I don't think is the case, but let's, let's, let's put as an example, people are not buying companies and there's lots of people selling, uh, maybe you can go and, and work on the foreign market. You know, uh, try to bring people. There's lots of people who might want to buy businesses in the U.S. and and, and as part of the visa process, uh, they need to purchase a, a business in order to qualify for certain types of visas. So, so again, uh, you, can, you always have to look, assess the market and, and, and constantly adapt. And that's, I think, the advantage of being a small business like we all are. George, um, you have people listening right now that are saying, okay, you know what? I may be new to business brokerage and, you know, it's, it's going, or I'm looking at transitioning from my job to business brokerage or I'm in real estate. I'm going to business brokerage. Or I just want to get more serious about business brokerage. What advice would you give those uh, people from someone that's gone through it uh, himself? Uh, well, I, first of all, I mean, and, and similarly, if you want to switch to any new industry, open any new business, make sure you have ample resource. If you're going to transition careers and you only have three or four months to live, uh, uh, to live up without a job, it's probably not the time. 
So if you're going to transition into business brokerage, first make sure you have enough funds for at least for at least a year. Uh, second, uh, invest yourself a hundred percent into learning. I mean, the IBBA offers uh, uh, so many courses that have helped me tremendously. Uh, so take as many of those as you can. Uh, third, get yourself a mentor. I mean, uh, you can learn a lot, but once uh, things start to get real and once you work with real people and real transactions, uh, a mentor can help you avoid making a lot of mistakes. I mean, there's certain ways of doing things that have been perfected by people in the industry and especially somebody who's experienced. So, so getting a mentor, I would say, is is absolutely vital. George, real quick, one last thing: how important it is to you to get your CBI? Oh, very important, very important. So I just closed my first transaction. Uh, I've been taking the classes to qualify for the CBI, and the moment I close my third transactions, I will. Uh, <laughs> do what I need to do in order to, to get my CVI at that point in time. Take the exam and, and make sure I qualify for that. Well, George, thank you so much for joining us today. I wish you continued success. Um, and, and I want to hear back from you a year from now to hear all the wonderful things that, that you're doing. I mean, you have done things different than most people that get into this business who have to learn through the school of hard knocks. You took your experience in one industry and, 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 you know, you almost put your ego aside because where you're the go-to guy in your industry, people come to you for advice and come to you for guidance. You humbled yourself and decided you're going to get into an area that you didn't know very much about. And, and you became, you know, the, the trainee, you became the learner, the person going to someone else. And when, when, you know, you reach a certain status in life or in a career, it's not that easy for someone to do so. Kudos to you for being able to do that. And again, thank you for uh, joining the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm, I'm very happy, again, in my new role as the apprentice in this, in this industry at this stage. Well, thanks, George. Neil, I got to tell you, one thing I want to talk about with you before we end the show is that the IBBA just recently announced a, um, uh, a new program that they've got coming out. It's the uh, scholarship program for the prestigious CBI, the Certified Business Intermediary uh, Credential. And they have a Clyde McLeod Scholarship for international members. They have a Steps to Success Scholarship for new IBBA members and an IWIN Scholarship for uh, women in business brokerage. Um, so these scholarships will include 12 months IBBA individual membership, summit pass uh, for a live and vir or virtual summit, uh, conference pass for that year's IBBA conference, uh, all required online and in-demand courses for CBI um, and 16 credit hours of elective or online IBBA courses. And, and they waived the CBI application fee. That's over a $3,200 value. And when I saw this come across, I was so excited. And I know you have to be with, with your involvement in the steps to success. So is there anything you'd like to say to those people transitioning to business brokerage, um, about this, about the steps of success, about the IBBA, anything you'd like to add, because you've been such a strong contributor to the show 
I wanted to have you on and give you an opportunity to be able to be on this side of the microphone. Well, I, I appreciate that very much, Chris and George. I, I think this was a great conversation. I'm glad the audience could hear your perspective. And in regards to this scholarship, I was when that email came out, I couldn't believe the opportunity. I wish that I had had that opportunity. I definitely invested that amount of money in, in my career towards the CBI and, and the fact that the IBBA is giving um, people the opportunity to say, hey, you, you put in the education and the time and we're going we're gonna to save you that investment. I think that's a phenomenal opportunity. I afforded that to several that are on this critical path like like Georgia's to success. So I would highly encourage anyone that's new to business brokerage, that's, that's thinking about a CBI, to, to strongly consider that these scholarship opportunities that the IBBDA is currently offering. And to those people that are transitioning to business brokerage, any final words on the steps to success? Yeah, the steps to success is a great opportunity for people who are, are thinking about jumping in. They want to learn more about what it's like to be a business broker. They want to get an assessment about if, if it's a good career path for them. The IBBA's website, look at the Becoming a Business Broker tab, and you'll see lots of resources there. Some of the things that we talked about on, on today's podcast and more, and much like the Ask a CBI program, which is another great resource of the IBBA, committee members are available to answer questions for people that are thinking about making that big step. So it's it's another resource, the IBBA, for people considering this exciting field that we're in. Well, I'd like to thank Neil Isaacs again, George von Greif, um, for their participation in the show, and and Neil beyond just today's participation in the show, he does so much that goes unseen and. Certainly not unnoticed by me, though, because without him, the show's not possible. Also want to thank our other uh, podcast team members, Kate Reiner and Kate Streeter. Uh, they do a great job in helping us out. Um, we'd like to thank each and every one of you listening for your support of the uh, IBBA Insights podcast. Uh, if you want to guarantee to never miss another episode of the podcast, all you have to do is go to ibba.org slash insights and subscribe just with a click of a button using your Apple or Android device, so you can sign up by email. And then again, you'll never miss another show again. This show is being recorded during the holiday season, so I want to wish all of you a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Um, you know, don't take things for granted. Um, enjoy life to its fullest. If you're listening to this after the holidays, I still wish you all the best that life has to offer. And I'm Chris Diglio. Today, my co-host was Neil Isaac. Um, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. We look forward to talking with you again on the next episode of IBBA Insights.